G'day punters and welcome back to another edition of Two Blokes and a Punt with myself, Lucky McDonald and the Big Dildo. Oh, how are you, brother? I am doing okay. Um, I'm a bit fired up this week. Um, I'm, um, I'm, yeah, a cranky man. So, which the man's got to say. I've got a bit to say, and I'll elaborate on it later. But I've got, I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. All right. Speaking of ready, let's kick off as we always do with choice of two with two blokes, and it is your week to ask the questions first. Uh, it surely is, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go uh, jump in. So number one. Who will get the Rockets' top job? Uh, shit. Uh, that's a really interesting question, actually. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. So, uh, do you want some names? Oh, no, see, I think it's going to be names that aren't there. I think they're going to pick up an assistant from somewhere. Yeah, well, I was going to say, one of the names was Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, but, uh, like, he already had a head coaching job at Charlotte, turned that down, well, accepted it and then turned it down. Uh, I don't think he's going to go to another basket case. I think if he was going to leave the Warriors to break into, you know, like a side that is already contending. Yeah, okay, that's all right. Oh, so I was just trying to find... Find the article that <laughs> had all the names, so I can't find them. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they'll pick up an assistant from there. Uh, I don't know if many head coaches are going to want that job unless they get Wemby, to be honest. Which, yeah, that one's not fully guaranteed either. Yeah, that's um, right. All right, next question. Uh, this is one of the things I'm going to elaborate a bit later on. Uh, but there was some uh, things in the media that said, uh, particularly with the now blockbuster between St Kilda and uh, Collingwood during Gather Round, that the AFL should potentially change the fixture so that they can have that fixture at the MCG. Should the AFL change the Gather Round matches? No. Perfect. Um, now, the Masters uh, was... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I've got a frog in my throat. Um, the Masters, there was a bit of delay due to some wild weather. Um, yep. And I know I was... I can't remember what day it was that I was watching... But it was, I think it was, must have been day three because they were just finishing off the second round in day three. Should the Masters have been delayed further? Because I know when they're playing, it was pouring rain still. No. <laughs> uh, will Bronny James go to the G League? Yes. Uh, Zaki is back in action this weekend 
I'm pretty sure. Yes, yes. I can't remember if it's a he or a she now. Uh, will it win? The horse. Uh, <laughs> oh, bloody unreal. Um, I'll just look. Uh, pretty sure it's a deep race. Uh, no, he won't. Okay. It's a he, that's good. Yeah, he's a... Um, is gelding. gelding, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gig, Gigi kicks running against it. Yeah, you want a you want a roughy rocking horse. Some good horses kicking around. Yep, that's uh, easy. Uh, UFC happened uh, on the weekend, and uh, the king Israel Adesanya took back his throne. Should Alex Paheya now go back into the pack? Yes, I think if you lose, you should drop a few spots. Yep. Uh, also, continuing with the USC, which I'll also elaborate a little bit later on, uh, sitting ringside next to President Dana White <laughs> was former President Donald Trump. It was that mix, though. It was uh, like Donald Trump, Kid Rock, and Kurt Angle. Was it Kurt Angle? Yep. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see Kurt Angle, but yeah. Uh, should with I don't know if you're up to all the uh, latest with your news and US news. Should Donald Trump have been allowed in to the USA with everything that's happening in his life? Uh, look, you probably have to say probably not, but it's also not a very good look for the, him either. But you know, just you know, it's not a great look for Dana White. Yeah. Um, to invite him in and sit bloody cage. Well, Kid Rock's always been that sort of person anyway, and Kurt Angle, you know, like they were sitting two people down from him. So was he just an affiliate or, you know, what was the go there? Um, I'm going to read out a stat line for you. Yep. And I want you to tell me if it's MVP worthy. Okay. 31.1 points per game, 11.8 rebounds per game, 5.7 assists per game on 55.3% shooting. Hello, Kevin Durant. How are you? No, it is not Kevin Durant. Oh, is it Giannis? It is Giannis. I thought it was Kevin Durant was because he's the stat line came out of uh, 55. Yeah. Yep. That's bloody incredible. Uh, yes, I think it is MVP worthy. I don't think he'll win it this year, though. Should he be further into the conversation? Uh, if I were a ballot, uh, he would be second on my ballot. Uh, Joel first. Joel first. I'm just, I mean, it's a good to attract. Actually, no, I'll leave it for later on in the NBA yeah. segment. I'll come back to it. Remind me, otherwise I'll forget. Uh, what was more disappointing? Brooks Kepka losing his massive lead or Rory not making the cut? 
What was disappointing about Brooks Kepka not winning the Masters? There's nothing disappointing about it. Bikes a wanker. I know you don't uh, like him, but like I was more getting on about like the fact of like, yeah. I meant for that person. Like I was, like, I know you don't give a shit because you hate. Oh, so in old. terms of, in terms of them personally. Yeah. The, the most disappointing thing was Rory not making the cut. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, last one. Uh, trade scenario. You've been offered. Well, so no, no. You've got to pick one of these trades to accept. Okay. The Rudy Gobert deal? <clears throat> or the Brooklyn Celtics deal? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> my God. I'd probably take the Gobert deal. Because we know what it did to Brooklyn. Like it fucking ruined them. It just bottomed them out. Uh, Minnesota can still have an outlet, we discussed. Um, so um, I've seen how it ended up in Brooklyn. And I don't want to go down that path. I'd be forever trying to change the okay. uh, thing. Okay. All right. That's me done. Right, uh, I've got 11 uh, Ooh, for like you this it. week. Uh, I'm going to start with UFC. Okay. Was Adesanya wrong for taunting Pereira's child? <laughs> now, I missed this. I completely missed this. What, what, what happened there? I missed it. Okay, so uh, obviously that was their second fight. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, fourth, but yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, is it uh, Pereira? Um, His son actually came into the ring and laid down, like pretending to be knocked out, like Adesanya was. So then, when Adesanya got Pereira out on the weekend, he like pointed. At his kid, at Pereira's kids, who were that his old man got like that the old man got knocked out, pointed at him, made them look at him, and lay down. Now, I know he apologised because I saw that he apologised. I never actually got to. I never went back and looked at the article to see what he'd done. So now, now that I've got that context, fuck no, what he has done there is amazing. If you, if, it's the old adage of if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Uh, if yeah. you're going to come out and even, throw some, even if you're ten, no, that's it, man. If even if you're ten, like yeah, no, if you're throwing, you're throwing wood on the fire, mate. You've got to cop it. And, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. Oh, I, love, I fucking love it. That's amazing. <laughs> ten year old doing it to a ten year old. Yeah, yeah, was not holding back. Um, <laughs> Tiger Woods. Yep. Will we will we see Tiger Woods playing another major? Uh, when's the next one? Uh, should be two months away. I, I'm no. I'm going to turn around and say yes. Uh, partly because, um, 
Fred Couples was playing on the weekend. So, yeah, we're definitely going to see Tiger. Tiger will come back when he's like, huh? Three months. Three months for the oh. Open open Championship. Yeah, no, I'm definitely saying, yeah. As, like, I think we'll see him come back a few times as like that. Like, as I said, like Fred Couples, I've seen him in a few. Sort of yep. like that pass winner role. So, yeah, no, I, 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 in terms of an actual competitive sort of golfer, um, I think we'll see him play, but I don't see him, like, I think it's going to be that, like, what we're going to see from now on is him just making the cut or, like, it's going to be that region. It's not yep. going to be, um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, sticking with Tiger Woods, uh, I was watching some highlights today of Charlie. Uh, do you think Charlie will be better than, worse than, or equal? Um, I'm gonna say better than, only Fuck, because. But yeah, the only reason why I'm saying it though is because he's had his dad to like he's been taught from probably as soon as he came out of the womb, he was probably sitting there crying. And Tiger's teaching him how to swing. Um, I, I think he's probably got one of the best coaches in the world. So um, that's the reason why I think he might be better. Than yep. 16 majors, but that's okay. Um, does the PGA need to be more strict on slow play? Um, yeah. I, I don't know who you're talking about or what how oh, what it is, but yeah. Patrick Cantley fucking taking like three minutes every shot. Yeah, no, that's not right. Like it doesn't take you. Like I understand if the conditions are bad and you know the wind's gusting and you know all of a sudden it you know it gusts up and then it stops and it gusts like that. I understand yeah. that type of stuff. But if if you're just in general play on a nice day, taking three three minutes to take a shot. Uh, you need to reevaluate life. Yeah, he's he is synonymous for it. Yeah, he is one of the worst. Uh, was Cam Smith's wood out of the bunker five master shot? I didn't see it, but I'm going to say yes. You didn't see it, okay? So uh, found a fairway bunker on a par five. Went, um, got a decent line. Pulled out his three wood. Proceeded to hit his three wood around the edge of the green onto the green and then trickled down towards the hole for him to what would have been seven foot eagle putt. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. That's that's not bad. Like okay. I mean, I could probably got it closer, but you know. Dylan, I've seen you <laughs> let's not get ahead of him. I've also, I've also seen me try and hit out of a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. Um, should the NRL become more lenient coaches and media personalities having partnerships with betting agencies? I'm not sure if you followed this story at all. Yes, I've seen it. I was a bit... I actually had this flagged as a question for you, but then I forgot to write it down. Um, yeah, no, I I think so. Uh, like, you can be a, you can be an ambassador... So I don't I don't see what the issue is. Like if you're not a player, you're a, like yeah I don't like obviously if he's then going out and putting bets on like there's a great fine line about but yeah I, I think it's 
until he does something wrong, give him benefit of the doubt. Okay. A couple on the AFL. Uh, Gather round. I compare Gather round to Magic Round in the NRL, which is held primarily, like, only at Suncorp Stadium that hosts all the games. Yep. Do, Do you think Gather Round will be a success being at multiple venues? I will come back to this, but I'm going to say no. Yeah. All right, sticking with AFL. Surprised that is it Jack Crisps didn't get suspended. Uh, yes, I am. Um, well, yes and no. Um, I would have thought at least a week. I know the photos or videos or whatever were old ones, like they were five years ago or something. Um, but I'm of the opinion that the AFL needs to stamp down a bit on this. Um, he was talking about doing drugs yeah. in them. Uh, I know it's not Bailey Smith or Jack Ginnaman where there were drugs in it, the photo, but he's talking about doing drugs. Um, and I think, yeah, I think a minimum week would have been sufficient. Yeah. I think the other, I think the thing that helped him though was the fact that they were old photos. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can, I can understand that. No, okay. NBA. Yep. Uh, something we were talking about today. Uh, other protected team in sport. Right. Uh, I'm going to say no, because it's not the Lakers. It's whatever team LeBron James is on. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. I'll uh, I'll give you a little take on that uh, when we get into the NBA a little bit later. Uh, on that game, uh, is Minnesota suspending Rudy Gobert for such a crucial game a clear message that he's out the door? Uh, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a clear message that he's out the door. Um, I think it's more. Um, I think it's a warning to him that they're starting to get a bit sick of his shit. Yeah. I think it was beneficial for them to suspend him for this game. So yeah. uh, I think I think uh, Jalen McDaniels didn't punch a wall and break his hand. That, idiot. That, that too. Okay, last one. Uh, if the NBA investigates the tanking, should they also investigate Portland? Uh, now, see, I found this very interesting um, because, like, I understand that they've tried to, like, their purposely lost the game, pretty much. Um, they knew that they were up against it to make the play-in. Yes, you want to make the play-in and all that type of stuff, but at the same time, I don't think anyone saw them going any further than the playing. So I sort of sit there and I go, like, I think there's been worse forms of tanking. So I don't think either of them should be investigated, to be honest. Yep. Probably a little bit controversial, but yeah. Yep, righto. Uh, that is uh, choice of two done for this week. 
let's move straight on to you and the media. Oh, you really want me to? Oh, you're ready for me to go. So, I have a massive, massive bone to pick with the media. I'm going to start with one person who I'm usually okay with, um, but he has brought this up again. I think we have talked about it before. And he needs to just leave it alone. And that's Damien Barrett wanting the showdown to be played in Melbourne. He's saying that they yeah. will sell out the MCG. Uh, I will say this. I think we would, if the MCG was in Adelaide, I think we would sell it out. But you're not going to sell it out in Victoria. Um yeah, it's no, that that's stupid. Um, it's Adelaide versus Port Adelaide. Why would you move that? Like, what's Adelaide Oval hold? Fifty six or sixty five thousand? Oh, I think it's. Well, I want to say sellouts usually about sixty. Um, yeah, why not sell that out? There's one. Make it a ticket that's hard to come by. You know, like it's an event. Leave it as it is. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it. I, I said, actually says fifty three thousand. So there you go. Um, I sit there and I go. So this is where I get cranky with it all because I know sometimes reporters will have takes on things just to drum up a conversation and be like you know a little bit of an edgy person. I feel like this is potentially Damien Barrett trying to do that. Uh, but it is a completely wrong take to be trying to do. Um, it is one of the stupidest takes in the in the AFL. Uh, the fact that it's even been brought up as a like a, a potential thing is like him bringing it up is like it's ridiculous. Um, I think the big thing is is that I think if anything it should get a standalone game. If if you want to bring more attention to it, is make it a standalone game in terms of have it on its own on a Friday night or a Saturday night on its own. Um, yep. But def- definitely not. You don't move it from Adelaide Oval. Um, or whatever, nah. you know, if there's another stadium in Adelaide that it gets played at eventually, but no, it's Adelaide Oval or nothing. Yeah, um, I agree I think it's, I went really ground my gears when I saw that um, during the week. Uh, but the other one that come up at the end of last round and I briefly touched on it is uh, there's been some reports in the media that they should change the fixture, um, particularly the Collingwood versus St Kilda fixture. Um, they weren't thinking that it would, you know, at the start of the season, no one was really expecting St Kilda to be undefeated on top of the ladder. Um, yep. So they were talking, yeah, they're talking about moving that fixture to a different weekend so that they can hold it at the MCG and have 80,000 people. I think this is the second stupidest take in the AFL landscape at the moment. Um, You're trying to grow the game. Like the whole point of Gather Round is to grow the game somewhere and bring showcase the game somewhere outside Victoria. now, the one thing I would do with it is that it's meant to be played at 
10, like it's the last game of the round on Sunday at 10 past, uh, 10, 10 to 5. If anything, what I'm doing is I'm making that, which you can't really do, but I'd be bringing it for, I'd be bringing it into the Saturday game um, somehow. Um, yeah, know, but whether, like when the fixture was made, it was probably like, oh, yeah, this will be the Twilight game. Um, this game will be in college. Uh, you know, like you can't predict the future. You get what cards are dealt. Uh, yep. I'm going to run you through the uh, fixtures for the Magic Round. So the early game on the Friday night is Dogs and Canberra. That's a, you know, that's not much of a game. No. Then you then uh, like the prime time game is the Sea Eagles versus the Broncos. That'll be a ripper. That'll be a great yes. game. Yep. Saturday, Warriors-Panthers. Well, yeah, the Panthers will win that. Uh, Sharkies-Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. Okay game. Uh, Storm-Rabbitohs, Blockbuster. Uh, Dragons-Tigers. Well, that's a game you go to the toilet for the whole game for. Then uh, you've got the Roosters-Cowboys. That'll be a great game. Yep. And then... And the Titans, which will be an okay game. Like you're never going to have great game after great game after great game after great game. Like it's no. just, it's not how it works. No, and, and that's as I said, that's that's the thing that, like, I can see them going. Like, let's just say, thing. Yes, the AFL comes in and moves moves the game. Um, the all of a sudden they make a worse game and then all of a sudden the media are on the back case of the AFL going, well, you know, gather around wasn't a success because, and all this type of stuff. And this is the thing that frustrates me so much with it because I sit down and I go like, it's the stupidest thing to have, um, to try and do that. You, you like, and, and then this is the other thing is that they talked about then, if the AFL did change it, that they should refund money for people and everything. I sit there and I go, that's the stupidest thing in the entire yes. world. You've made this fixture. That's what it is. Unfortunately, yes, you, you'd get a bigger crowd at the MCG, um, but you've done what you've done. It is what it and, is. You and guess on. what? Some people have planned their whole weekend around that one fixture. Yeah, that's 100% correct. Um, so yeah, I sit there and I go, what they've done, I, yeah, you're not touching it, leave it alone. Um, this is exactly what, um, you, you, what, this is exactly what's meant to be happening with gather round. Um, so yeah, I, as I said, I'm, um, you, you just move on from it. Yeah. And the only reason they're up in arms about it is because you know, one team's to find odds sitting on top of the ladder and everything. Uh, yeah. But if say, two and two, no one would be batting an eyelid. Um, it, it's just because it's the first gather round and they prime time and this and that and as good as possible. And look, the ticket numbers already tell you that, you know, it's going to be pretty good, but sale-wise. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's already sold out. Yeah, just... Just chill out, guys. Just let it go and then address the issues after it. Wait till 
it's played out and you go, shit, oh, we didn't need to move that or, you know, we got 50,000 on a Sunday evening to two Victorian teams. The TV ratings in Melbourne yeah. through the roof. Like just, yeah. Yeah. Stop trying oh, to bloody re- stop trying to reinvent the wheel. And I oh know this is another controversial take, but it is once again it highlights to me the Victorian bias in the AFL, uh, especially the big media. They're all the, like that's all, man. I, I it really grinds my gears that they've even thought about this instead of sitting there and hyping this up. They're trying to bring it down. Um, yeah, yeah. As I said, like I would have been a little bit for maybe changing it on the schedule, um, but yeah, no. Yeah, but what, sit there. Once you announce it, that's it. It's just that's it. It is what yeah. it is, you know. That's it. And why can't? What is it? What's it? Started like five o'clock on four o'clock on Sunday. Like, why can't that be prime time for this? That's what I mean. I, 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 Pe- it's, people um, are gonna. People are going to turn up if it's going to be a good game. Yeah, as you said, time or anything. I'm pretty sure it's already sold out. So it's um, yeah, I sit there and I go for for the sake of an extra twenty five, thirty thousand people. Um, you know, it's it's understands a bit of money, but it's it's just stupid, just yeah, stupid to even consider it. Yep. Oh, one hundred percent. I didn't think I would agree with a lot of your media takes, uh, but you are two from two. Oh, mate, I, as I said, they made me very cranky when I saw these earlier. So, it, um, yeah, I wasn't happy. No, I don't blame you. Righto. Um, are you done with the media? No, I'm not done, but I'm done. Righto. <laughs> done, got, done for this episode. Done for this episode. Uh, I'm going to jump from media to masters. Um, crowned a new champion uh, on when was it Monday morning uh, in Johnny Rahm. Not sure if you've seen, but you want to take a guess at how much prize money uh, Johnny Rahm earned? Uh, oh, I think it was. I don't know if it was Australian or US, but it was three point two million. That is American. That is yep. US. Uh, Big Johnny Ram uh, just held his nerve, as we said. Epka uh, shit the bed. Uh, so Johnny Ram shot three under, um, and Kepka uh, was plus three. Uh, biggest surprise for me was Phil Mickelson. Uh, yeah, he played. Yeah, finishing. A, a, yeah, eight under. The final round, seven under. Uh, yeah. That was just that was, that was impressive. You might not lie to Blake, but fuck me, fuck me, he played some good golf. Um, another impressive one who really came home quite strongly, uh, Geordie Spieth. Yep. Uh, I like Geordie. Uh, he might not be my favourite player on tour or anything, but um, you always know he's going to be thereabouts at uh, Masters weekend. Uh, and he came home with a uh, six under. Um, so he he played really well coming home for a, a T4. Um, biggest disappointment, Rory, uh, not even making the cut. Um, he did not have fun 
out there at all. Um, his first two rounds, I'm just looking up, he's, he had a 72 and a 77. So he was even on the first day, uh, but he was always too over par uh, going around and then shot a 77 in trying conditions. But they might have been trying conditions, but everyone who made it were up. Um, so obviously, uh, Rory just dropped the ball. Uh, I thought it was Rory's year to win it, and he decided to give me a massive middle. Um, another one I found a little bit, well, I can't pointing, um, but I found his last day very disappointing. Uh, that's our own Jason Day. Um, not sure if you saw Jason Day's score last last round, but uh, no, it was, I didn't. It was terrible. So he started the day. I think he was P one. I think he was for the day. Um, he was three under par. He came out uh, on the Sunday and shot plus eight. Ooh. Yeah, okay. That's not great. He had a stinker. Um, it, it was like watching myself go around. Um, but obviously, he's got a fair bit more talent than me. Um, but yeah, it, was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't that pretty to watch. Um, one name that did catch an eye over the end was Sam Bennett. Yeah, he was uh, the amateur, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. Um, he was the only amateur to make the cut. And his first two rounds, he had a 68 and a 68. So he was actually four under going into the weekend. And yeah. to be honest, like he should have been in contention. Uh, he was playing some really good golf. Uh, and then just, uh, I think he just got a little bit tired, to be honest. Um, and sort of caught up with him and uh, he finished up uh, with a 76 and a 74 to go um, two under the tournament but that is two under for the tournament as an amateur at a T16 yep oh my god yeah wouldn't, wouldn't you love going back to college after that so is, it, is that what it is, is that where he is he's in college yeah, I believe he goes to Texas A&M. So, hang on. Let me just see if I can get the prize money here. So, he was tied 16th. Uh, yes. Sam Bennett. Oh, he doesn't get any. Because he's an amateur. Yeah. Oh. Spewing. Do you want to know what you but, do get for being, if he, he would have got if he was a pro? Uh, what one point something? Uh, two hundred and sixty-one thousand dollar dues. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you're going to bat an eyelid at that. Oh, well, yeah. I would have been pretty happy with that. <laughs> Absolutely, but yeah, uh, uh, impressed with just watching him go around. There was a couple of times there I was like, "Hi, oh, he's going to shoot the bed here." Um, uh, on the first day, he put it long into um, greenside bunker on a par five. And chipped out, and I was like, oh, gee, a rough putt from there. Didn't realise he was in the bunker for two and yeah. just tapped in his par. 
tapped in his bar and walked off. And I was like, oh, well, good on you, mate. Good on you. Um, yeah, so all in all, I think it was, um, I think it was a, um, that was sort of hyped up in terms of all the lift golfers being there and lift golfers tied for second. Uh, but I the, uh, the real thing was the, the weather. Um, you know, yep. like we had trees, trees coming down on spectators. Um, yeah, quite interesting um, weekend and played for uh, fine conditions and a slow rate of play. But um, yeah, just a quick message to Cantlay, and that is to pull your finger out. Um, <laughs> and um, I saw a video today of. His playing partner, Victor Hovland, uh, actually chipped onto the green when um, uh, Cantlay wasn't even across the bridge yet on the, I believe it was the third, uh, which is a bit of a no-no um, as he was not present. Uh, but I think Victor had had enough and he was just, hurry up, this is the way, way we're playing at. I thought, you know what, mate, good on you. Yeah, it's um, it's when when you got people doing that, you just need to hurry up, don't you? Oh yeah, and like he only held up uh, Johnny Rahm and Brooks Kepka the whole time around. Like it was just, no, it was bloody. Yeah, it was it was uh, very slow to watch. Um, but yeah, that's a little bit on the Masters. Um, but let's go from the Masters to another contact sport in the UFC. Yeah, so it was. I'm just remembering what it was. It was USC to 87. I was going to say 286, but it's 287. Um, I did what I do sometimes, and I bought the pay per view and, and and watched it. Um, I unfortunately missed a lot of the um early fights. Um, and sort of I, I came in for the end of uh the Callum uh Kelvin Gaston um and um Chris Scott fight uh, Chris Curtis fight sorry um Chris Scott <laughs> that was still I'm still going with the AFL in my head I'm, I'm, I'm an angry man <laughs> um which was an interesting fight it wasn't too yeah you know, it wasn't anything massive like it was you know, Kelvin Gaston had changed a few things, been away for a while and come back and looked all right. Um, the next fight, though, that I want to talk about is there, there's, uh, there's probably one, two, three, four fights I want to talk about. I want to touch on this one really quickly. Um, this was Raul Rosas Jr. versus Christian Rodriguez. Uh, so coming in, Christian Rodriguez was 8-1. and one. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr. was... Seven and O. Um, now this Raul Roses Jr. has been touted as you know he's going to be the next big big thing in the UFC. He's only nineteen or eight, 18, 18, turned yeah, nineteen right. this year. He's very young. He's, he's extremely young, um, and. It was really interesting to watch this fight. Um, so he was just out. Of, he literally looked out of his depth. 
um, a little bit, which, you know, I can't blame the kid. As I said, he's a kid. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, Christian Rodriguez, is he's no old person. He's 25. Um, but he... Um, he just it, it was that experience that sort of shone through. Um, I think that's I can't remember who said it, but they put it perfectly in that. Um, he it was the octagon experience type sort of thing in that Raul Rosas in all of his things he um, he sort of had just got to a few bad spots and and then like he thought oh yep i've got this i've got this and then um christian rodriguez all just outlasted the last of those bad spots and it was the old old thing of um when his normal tricks didn't work he didn't know where to go um so it ended up being a unanimous decision but i think it was lucky to be a unanimous decision and not a a submission or, or or uh, knockout. Uh, it, was, it was a very one lop, lop, lopsided fight. Um, I said, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because round one was a bit either way, um, but it was round two and three that really um, took over. Um, the next fight I want to talk about is uh, I love this bloke so much because he talks so much shit, like mid fight, too, and that's Kevin Holland versus. Um, Oh, what's his name? Santiago Ponzinibbio. Um, so this, I was really interested for this fight. Um, in the Kevin Holland, he he's, he struggles with wrestling. Um, he's a very good stand-up fighter. Um, and I thought, and Ponzinibbio has also been a half-decent stand-up fighter too. But I also thought, um, you know, as I said, Kevin Holland's really struggled against wrestling. Um, and I thought that Ponzinibbio may have taken him down, but he didn't even, like, there was no takedown attempts and it was just more of a stand toe-to-toe. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, like, I'll, I'll say I love Kevin Holland. He's just one of those characters um, that just, he will just, in the middle of a fight, start talking shit to you. Um, so, yeah, it was really interesting fight. Um, watching that happen, Kevin Holland ended up knocking him out in the third round. Um, I can't remember if it was a, I'm pretty sure that was a big like right hand or something that got through, but it was really, really interesting. Um, but another fire, one of the last fights I want to talk about is the Gilbert uh, Burns versus Jorge Masvidal fight. Um, once again, Masvidal is like a bit like Kevin Holland, just does not deal well with wrestlers. It's how uh, Colby Covington beat him. Uh, just pretty much took him down and he couldn't get back up. And, um, you know, Gilbert Burns stood with him and traded blows with him, but he also took him down. Um, he was four of six um, from takedown defense and had five minutes of control. Um, ended up going to a decision, but it was, I don't know how. Uh, like the decisions were, the scorecards were 30, 27, 30, 27, and 29, 28. I don't know how that 29, 28 come about. Um, but yeah, Gilbert Burns just dominated him. Um, I think you could tell with Jorge Masvidal that 
he wasn't really in it. Um, I think after probably the first round, you could sort of see that he wasn't really feeling it. Um, he ended up retiring at the end of it. Um, he did hint, he did make mention that um, during the press conferences and things that, oh, if I lost this weekend, then I would probably hang up the gloves. Um, I don't like that. I don't like the... It like sort of, oh, I'm going to retire straight after the fight. Um, yeah, I don't always think that you get a farewell fight, blah, 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 like that. But you know going into the fight, if it's like, well, I'd like to think you know going into the fight that it's going to be your last fight no matter what. Um, and the fact that he was still talking shit to, like, don't get me wrong, I love always, man, but I think he's a great, oh, he's a great stand-up fight, great um, brawler. Um, he, but yeah, to... I don't like the um, yeah yeah you, you quite emotional you can be quite emotional after the fights um, yeah but you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think that's a decision that is made straight after the fight like, no that's, that's yeah but, the, but that, that's what yeah. I mean though yeah but that's what I mean though is that I, I don't like that retiring after the fight um sort of stuff like yes I know you're saying that he you want him to call his own press conference or put something on Instagram or no not even that why not do it there like it's it's a good environment to do it but that's what I mean though is that it's the emotion after the fight so you might have sat there and as I said if you knew going into the fight was going to be your last fight then you'll announce it before the fight um if 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 you're not if you if you're on the edge and you're not sure then I, I think, yeah, I, I don't like it because you, you get caught up in the emotion, especially if you lose. Um, you know, you get caught up in the emotion. You go, oh, you know, I'm not good enough. All the all the doubts and everything that creep into your mind. Um, I sort of sit back and I go, you know, like, it's, yeah, like, if you knew you are going to retire, yeah, go for it. I will not go for it. But I still, I think you should announce beforehand, saying, yep, this is my last fight. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like directly after the fight. You've got to have some time to process what happened. Um, it's like, yeah, th- those type of spare of the moments ones, yeah, I-, I think you've got to sit there and um, go back and have a like, review, go, right, I will, is this really done? Um, I think I think one of the contributing factors was the fact that it was in Miami, um, his hometown. I think that's why he probably retired. Yeah, probably. And I think that probably, as I said, it sort of added to it a little bit because he would have went, fuck, I didn't really put on the show I wanted. You know, this is obviously probably, you know, I've had enough of this, blah, blah, blah. And and that's where I sit down and go, oh, you know, you just a, well, that's it. And, and that's what I mean is I sit down and go, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, I, I just don't like it. I, I also don't like the fact of, that he was sitting there causing trouble with Kevin Holland before the fights and things like that and talking trash. And, and like Kevin Holland even coming out after he won and said, um, Jorge Masvidal, I'm coming for you. You're the one I want to fight. Um, yeah. Now I sit there and I go, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just thought, oh, it's bad. It's really not the words I want to use, but it's sort of like that is coming off as a bit of a, a sore loser type sort of thing. He goes, oh, fuck it, I've lost, blah, blah, blah. Um, it won't surprise me if he comes back. Yep. 
um, I sit there and I go, I don't know, like, if he's going to, I, I, yeah, it won't surprise me if he sits down and in six months' time he goes, yeah, no, nah, I was wrong, I'm ready to come back. Um, yeah, it's um, it frustrates me a little bit. And that's where I'm going to get really pissed off. Is that if he goes, no, oh, I go, I'll come back after you know six months off or something like that, or you yeah. know, announces another fight and it's all like another year because, yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting to see what he does, but I just don't think he's done in terms of. Oh, I think he got caught up in the emotions and disappointment of losing. Um, but I'm happy to be proved wrong as well. Uh, but the main fight, I got very excited about this, probably a little bit too um, overexcited to the point that uh, mum was out the front of the house and heard me yelling and come rushing in to make sure I was okay. Um, but that is Israel Adesanya taking his crown back. Um, it was actually a very interesting way he did it. Um, because uh, Alex Pereira come out and just kicked the shit out of his legs, um, and the commentary all around it was, "Oh, is his legs compromised? It's compromised." Um, and I don't know if this was a planned thing to be done, but it was like it. So it was like the last thirty seconds of round two. Um, Pereira kicked him, kicked Izzy in the leg. Um, is he, he said that he played possum. I believe him um, because he just, he literally just sunk against the cage, uh, hands up to block punches and just, it, it was very reminiscent of he's being, he's being hit really badly. He's really in trouble. He's just trying to um, last, last to the end of the round type sort of thing. Um, yeah. And it worked perfectly. Taylor just started teeing off and, and he, He's sitting there coming with the big, um, big, big punches, which sort of allowed, um, allowed Izzy just to sort of absorb them and then counter. Um, and that's what he did. He counted um, with two big rights, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, and he, yeah, it was two big rides and just put him down and when he went night night and yeah, it was amazing. I don't have anything against Alex Pereira, but I just don't I don't know why. I just got I just don't like him. Um so but I absolutely loved it and went off and I'm very happy that um Izzy is back on top. And that's uh yeah, that's that's about the breakdown at the moment for the UFC. Alrighty, uh, let's move on. C to the NBA. Now, I'm actually going to start this with a little game. I'm going to give you a play reward. I want you your tip. And then I'm going to give you mine. Yep. Are you ready? Yep. Coach of the year. Uh, I'm torn. 
just so I don't get called bias, I am going to go Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings. I'll go. But I I would like to say it would be very much followed up by um, um, uh, I can't even think of his name. Oklahoma City. I, I, I can't say his name. <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing. Mark. I was calling Coach Mark. So I'm Coach Mark. Try, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that last name. But oh no, it tells me how to say it. There, Day Nolt. You're unreal. You can't even pronounce your own bloody coach's name. Mate, have you seen no. it? Yeah, I have. Can you say it? Mark. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, six man of the year. This one's tough. Yeah, I found this one hard. Um, because I, I I don't know what the criteria like in terms of you know when do they not become six man? Yeah. Um, it's it's not Russ. Well, that's what I was going to say is like Russ had a good year off the bench when he was coming off the bench for the Lakers, but I think he started too many games. That's what I was going to say. He's like you know like it, it falls under that. Um. I, Oh, I don't even. Oh, that's a really, really tough one to put me on the spot for. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll give you mine then. Uh, I'm going Malcolm Brogdon. It's funny you say that because I literally just looked up uh, the, I don't know what you call it, candidates or betting favourites. Malcolm Brogdon yeah. is the favourite. Is he? Man- I, th- yeah. I thought Emmanuel Quickly would have been the favourite. Nah, he's second favourite. Yeah, right. Because they're the two I tossed up between. Um, and I actually think Emmanuel Quickly will win. I preferred Brockton off the bench. Yep. Uh, defensive player of the year. Um. Another one because I didn't like I, I you don't re- it's there's not many stats to really. It's very easy. It it's Jan. It's Jan Jackson Jr. Well, that's who I was going to say. Uh, he, I was leaning towards him. I was about to say, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. He, he led the league in blocks. Um, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I I don't think he'll get a bit of like a real real smoky like. Is what's the name? Um, Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt. No, um, he's a long way from it. Well, I thought he played when he when he got moved to the Lakers. He played a lot of very nice defense. Um, yeah, and look, I think I think uh, Mobley would probably be up there. Evan Mobley, um, mm. Giannis. She said Giannis was going to win it. I wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, but yeah, Jared Jackson. For- Yep. No, I'll agree with that. I'm more than happy with Jaron Jackson. Uh, so what have we done? Coach of the year. Oh, most improved. Um, 
I don't even know. You, um, you, you can't you can't spring these on me. Like, that's what we're doing. I, I don't like. Well, no, clearly not because you had you, you've already got yours. Oh, um, I'm in charge here. Oh, I can't even get betting odds on. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, SGA, Larry Markman. Oh, SGA all the way, baby. Yeah, nah, going, I, 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 my, my two would literally be SGA or Jalen Brunson. Oh, I'm going Larry Markman. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you know, he, yeah, yes, you can throw. Him oh, went from a yeah, we're from a role player with limited minutes to an all-star. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I just think, um, yeah, I, I agree with it. But yeah, I sit there and I go, he, not, not, not. It's not his fault. But I sit there and I go, he, I think he was underutilized at different, at different yes. teams. Yes, yes. And I think I the fact that, that the Jazz, the Jazz have actually given him a chance. Yeah. Outlined how good uh, he actually is. M- I'm going to put this discussion in here. And this is where I'm going to have this discussion. Right. If you went purely off stats. Yep. We talked about Giannis before 31, 20, uh, sorry, 31, 11, five. 12, and five. Yep. 33, 10, and 4 is Joel on 54% shooting. Yep. 24, 12, and 10 pretty much is Nikola Jokic yep. on 63% shooting. You want to break it down even a little bit further? Three points percentage, 27.5% for Giannis, not expected. Uh, 33% for Yoel, 38.3% for uh, Jokic. Yep. Break it down even further. 0.8 in steals and blocks for Giannis. One steal, 1.7 blocks for Yoel. 1.3 steals, 0.7 blocks for Jokic. I... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Let's break it down even further. Defense ability. I don't have that stat. Defense for Jokic. All right. I'd probably, say, say, I'd probably say B, B for Yoel and an A plus for Giannis. Yeah, but then you, I can, you can then also go to, um, yeah, you can talk about offensive ability. Yeah, they're all oh. offensive juggernauts. Uh, yes. Well. Jokic led his team to the best record in the NBA. Giannis led his to the best record in the NBA. 
Yoel come third in the East. Yeah, I, I'll throw this out here again. Uh, this, is, this is a real, this is a real, uh, I don't know what you call it, um, out there stat. Usage, the number of possessions a player, use, player uses per 40 minutes. Who do you think gets used the most? Uh, I'd probably say yeah, well. Nope. Mm. Giannis at thirty eight point nine. I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't know what. Yeah. Uh, that's his usage number of possession player uses per. Yep. Uh, Yoel second in thirty five and point eight, and then yep. there's uh, Nikola Jokic at twenty nine. Yep. Um, I'm just gonna see. Uh, teams possession that end in a turnover. Uh, no, I don't think that that's. I'm thinking uh, I'm going to go back to. Oh, I, I went to advanced stats. So I think I went to the wrong one. Yeah, uh, no, yeah look, I think just MVP, I think uh, the most valuable. Um, I think it's between Giannis and Joel. No way. If you take Nikola Jokic out of that Denver team. Uh, yep. They're not making playoff. You take. No, they're not making playoff. That's a big call. I think they make play in. Um, you, you, you take Joel and Bede out of that that lineup, and yeah, yeah, they're, they're okay. You they're take okay, yeah. you take Giannis out of that lineup, and they're a semi okay. Um, I look at. It, Games played as well, like so. Jokic played sixty nine, Joel played sixty six, uh, Giannis played sixty three. So the fact that Giannis played the least amount of games and they what that did they finish with the best record in the league? Yep. Yep. So I agree. I, I sit down and go like it, that. Sort of shows that like obviously, you know, it doesn't, but like. Maybe not as important. I, I don't get me wrong. I still think he's extremely important to him and, and and things like that. But yeah, I just I, I I'm I'm sorry. I I <laughs> I, I just think Nikola Jokic is is I think he's a, to me he's a lock. Um, he's a lock. Yep. I don't think I. How I, much I, this, of a lock do you think he is? This is where I'm sitting there going, oh, I don't think, unfortunately, I don't, for me personally, I say he is the MVP, um, but I don't see uh, the media agreeing with me. I think they're bought into the um, Joel Embiid um, thing. I would sort of agree with that. I think there is a little bit of an agenda there. MVP away from uh, Jokic um, and they've been really pushing for Joel to win it but you also have to put up the numbers to be in, content- in contention uh, the difference between their points is nearly 10 points a game 24 um, yes um, Jokic dishes out 
boost, and that makes up those 10 points. So, like, it's a pretty even playing field. Oh, um, very much so. I very much agree. It's a very even playing field. Um, I, I, I just, for me, I just, like, for me, it does come back to, like, when I'm sitting there looking at, um, you know, a, a close playing field here, that's where it does, for me, it comes back to that who's more value, valuable to their team. Um, and yeah, but right. I, 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 no, I, I know, but that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying that that's like my criteria overall. Um, yeah, it's more of a, I come back when you, when you've got this level playing field, it's the most valuable player. And I sit there and I go, well, for me, yeah, who, who out of those three, who's the most valuable to their team? Nikola Jokic for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, that was meant to be a short shot. Uh, we did get through it eventually. Um, and we do oh. disagree on a couple. I was going to say, that was never going to be a short shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was just meant to be say a name, but um, you, you you didn't have a chance to uh, reach. Oh. Um, but let's get on to the results today. Uh, we have our seven seeds um, locked in. Atlanta beat uh, Miami, 11 points. Uh, we'll go on to face the Celtics. Uh, this game was atrocious if you were a Miami fan. They never looked like they were going to win. Um, what I found really interesting was the amount of empty seats in the arena as well for a big game. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I think Atlanta, the way they played, they definitely deserved uh, a Kongwu coming off the bench for him, the big guy. Yep. Yes. Coming off the bench. Uh, Capella had something like 17 rebounds or something in the first half. Like, they just dominated the boards. And like the offensive boards, especially, like they were just all over them. Um, you know, it took a little bit. You want to know who the spark plug was for Miami? Hey. Kyle Lowry. Mike Lowry. Yeah, it was, uh, he put up like 31 points or something. Um, like, uh, Tyler Hero did a little bit in the second half. Uh, he was kept very quiet in the first half, though. Um, you know, and look, all credit to Atlanta. They were just knocking down their shots. Sadiq Bay, I think he hit like three corners in the first half um, and just made the most of his opportunities. Um, Trey Young was just dishing dimes as he does um, get his right hand floater. Um, is it? Gimme, like as soon as he gets that thing up, like good luck. You just got to hope the wind changes. Um, Dejounte Murray played all right, uh, but yeah, I was I was really disappointed in what I saw from Miami, uh, and they will probably go on to face my Toronto Raptors for the. Um, it's not really a position you want to be in coming up against the Bucks, to be honest. So. Yeah, I, me, me and you talked about this really quickly about this today, and 
I don't like for for me. Uh, if I'm Miami, I'd probably like it's it's an interesting one, um, in terms of whether or not you want to come up against the Celtics or the Bucks. Um, I think the Celtics are the more um, like for me, I, I like the Celtics more than the Bucks. Um, like you know what you're going to get from Giannis, but you don't know what you're going to get from the other players. Yeah. Um, where Celtics, you know what you're going to get from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, so you've got two blokes. Do you, do you, do you know what you're going to get from Jason Tatum? Though? Like he's been really poor since the All Star break. So really poor, but he's been poor for him. Yeah, but it's um, but that's what I mean though is that if if he's poor, then Jalen Brown is usually good. Um, and he, usually, if if Jalen Brown's bad, then usually Jason Tatum is okay. Um, where with with Milwaukee, if Giannis is bad. You never know who that next person. Is. Yeah, you got Chris Middleton. Yeah, you got Drew Holiday. Um, like I mean, even the fact that Brook Lopez has jumped up sometimes as well. Like it's just that unknown of who's that next person. Um, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. I, th- I think the Bucks are very strong. I, I just feel a little bit more confident with the, with the Boston team in terms of game. Yep. Yep, right. Uh, the other game today was the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Uh, I messaged you during this game. Um, they just weren't letting LeBron lose this game. Um, Minnesota. Um, the Lakers went into the bonus with nine minutes and ten seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter. Uh, the writing was on the wall. You could just see it happening. Um, did they do it well? No, it was fucking terrible. Um, I think it was a nineteen point to nine for just terrible basketball. I think there was eleven possessions where men four in a row, um, and the Lakers weren't doing much on the other end either. They should have just been driving to the line. Cat was in foul trouble. He already had five fouls. Him, make him pick up his six, get to the line, game. Like, if you do that from nine minutes out, it's game, you know. Um, to point nine of a second left for Dennis Schroeder, shot from the corner, and then, um, uh, Tim Wolves called timeout. Threw the ball to Mike Conley, who had a game. He missed his three-pointer, but got fouled by Anthony Davis. And it went to overtime, and the Lakers ran away with it in overtime. But it was just a terrible game. Um, if you're a Minnesota fan, a little bit robbed. Um, I definitely think that um, there was a little bit of an agenda there. And they were um, King Bronny. Um, play to play in games. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I, I've just been trying to find a few stats here, um, but I haven't been able to because I know when you talked about it in terms of um, in terms of 
um, leading the league in free throw attempts. Yeah, um, and that's since since um, little temper tantrum, and then the NBA Twitter came out with uh, the NBA referees Twitter came out with we're losing sleep over this. You know, we're so sorry it happened, and uh, anyone else does it, they don't care. You know, Fred Van Fleet had to call some bloke a bitch. And then nothing changed for him. In fact, it probably went the other way. Um, you know, just stupid. And like I said to you, it was like 140 more free throws than the closest team since Bronny had that little meltdown. Like, that's fucking bullshit. So, yeah, I, I've just managed to find per game. Uh, so the Lakers had for the season led the league in free throw attempts at 26.6 per game. Uh, not too much of a disparity. The, the next closest was uh, Detroit at uh, 25.7. Um, I'm just saying, uh, there we go. That's what I wanted totals. Um, and so the most attempted, the, yeah, so, so they had 20, uh, 2,182 free throws compared to 21,000 free throws. Um, I wish I could go back to. Oh, actually, hang on. Hang on a moment here. This is amazing. Sorry. Uh, I'll just. I'll be my element here. This is amazing. So, before pre All Star, um, the lake is sat fourth with 1500. Uh, Post All Star break, uh, they sat second with yeah. 650. Um, so it, it's 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 what I've always hated about this is that yeah you got LeBron that's always sitting there crying about the fouls and things like that, um, and I saw sort of sit there and I go yeah okay like. The, the team that had the least amount of free throws um, was, oh, once it loads, was Golden State, I'm pretty sure. Um, which, to me, that actually makes sense. Because yeah, they're, they're three not a three-point team. Yeah, and I sit down and I go, okay, you look at the Lakers, yeah. Okay, the Lakers are, um, to me, the Lakers are a driving team um you don't really have shooters um but yes i don't like it when they come out like that like i understand that you're not getting calls and everything but you are like it would be a different story a lot like yeah like you had what it's 500 more free throws than golden state who was in last um yep like, I'd understand if you were sitting, like, 20th or, you know, 25th or something like that, um, and you want to make that call, yeah, go for it. But, yeah, the fact that you're sitting pretty much first and you were, like, you ended up finishing first is uh, I just – I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, I've always been, you know, sitting there going, you know, you've got to be careful of, you know, like, things with the um, – um, you know, like they don't always get um, 
like referees and things like you, you know there, there are definitely fouls and things like that and all that type of stuff but it, um it's the same in the AFL like free kicks and everything but it's yeah I don't, I don't like it no I don't either not at all not at all um look we are in the playoffs oh. uh, what have you found Oh no, that's free for per game. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm in the individual stats, and I was just looking. At, I thought, and Anthony Davis is sitting tenth in free throws attempted. And I was like, oh, and he only played fifty nine games. I was like, what the actual fuck? But then I realised it was it was per game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, I was really about to. <laughs> Actually, well, uh, sorry. Yeah, keep going. No, no, I was just going to say what I want uh, from you is a. Quick little rundown. I'm going to give um, each uh, game through the conferences, uh, and I'll just say who's going to win. I don't want how many games, just who's going to win. Yep. Obviously, I'm not going to do the number one seeds because they're still up in the air. Two v seven, Memphis Lakers. Uh, Memphis Lakers, Memphis. Boston, Atlanta. Boston. Uh, move on to the 3-6. Uh, the Kings and the Warriors. This is going to be a really interesting one. Um, oh, Warriors. 76 is Nets. Sixes. Into the four fives. Phoenix Clippers. Phoenix. Cavs, Knicks. Cavs. Cavs. All right. Yeah, so uh, a lot of things coming up in the NBA um, to keep an eye out for. Obviously, the play-in, the 9 and 10 play tomorrow, and then uh, on Saturday, uh, the winner from that versus the loser of today to fill into the eighth seed. Um, So, yeah, do keep an eye on. Um, I'm just trying to see. Dylan, I have a joke for you before we wrap up. Oh, I like this. Okay. What does a robot do after sex? Um, I don't know. He nuts and bolts. <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. That one's going around work tomorrow. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, thank you, everyone, for content for us to cover this week. We didn't get to everything. Uh, obviously, left the upcoming AFL and NRL rounds out. Um, but we will be back next. Uh, and we will see you all then. So, uh, once again, thanks very much for listening. And we will see you next week. See you, everyone.